0: Amen Tonight, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. We're going to be looking at verses 18 to 25. And I want to speak to you tonight about the miracle of Christmas. So much in our culture focuses on Christmas being a, a time of presence, and, and it is. So much of our culture focuses on Christmas being a time of of holiday seasons, and it is. Many people focus our culture on Christmas in the context of singing songs and and family gatherings, and it is. But the miracle of Christmas is that God wanted to be in our life. God wanted to be in our space God wanted to be a part of us. And the Bible says that he is Emmanuel, God with us. No other religion, but the religion, the relationship, the religion of Christianity teaches that God actually becomes a part of you and you become a part of him. It is the only religion where the founder comes in the form of a human, dies and is resurrected and, and, and joins us to the divine nature of God. And tonight I want to speak to you, we're looking at the characters of Christmas. I want to speak to you about the supernatural power of Christmas. If you have your Bibles, look at me at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and 25. And we're going to be looking at specifically tonight, we're looking at the characters of Christmas. And tonight we're going to be looking at the life of Joseph. So if you have your Bibles, look with me at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. And here's what the word says. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So much of the Christmas story is focused on Jesus, and rightly it should be. And then kind of the second character is Mary. But I want to look at Joseph tonight. Look at that again. It says that he was a righteous man. Look at verse 20. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Thank God, the word says, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name, Jesus. And do you notice that last part, who gave Jesus his name? Joseph. Joseph. I want to speak tonight about the characters of Christmas. And tonight we're just going to kind of step into Joseph's world. Would you just pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for the supernatural power of Christmas. Lord, it's powerful because it's about your son, Jesus. And Lord, I ask you right now for every person here in the sound of my voice, I ask you to give them your peace because Jesus is the prince of peace. And I ask you, Lord, to give us your power. Lord, we love you. Thank you that my sins are forgiven. In Jesus' name, speak to us, we pray. Amen. I want to speak to you tonight about three facts about the life of Joseph. Let's look at the very first one tonight. The first thing that we're going to look at with Joseph is, number one, what part did Joseph play in Christmas. What part did Joseph play? Well, let's look at a couple of facts here just from the word. The Bible says, I want you to look at Luke 2, 49. It says, your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. First of all, Joseph, he was the father of Christ. Can you imagine? I mean, all of us here, God's called us to supernatural plans, hasn't he? God has a plan for you, he has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. Every person here, God has a plan for you. But can you imagine when God said to Joseph, you're gonna be the father of the son of God. Whoa, that's crazy. But the Bible says that Joseph was the father of Jesus. Now, here's why this is important. Let's look at the second point right there. Right below that is number two. It said Joseph was the primary earthly role model for Christ. Can you imagine that? Jesus is the only one who could have died in our place. His blood is the only blood that could cover our sins. His life is the only life that could give us eternal life. And Joseph was as primary. Role model. Let's look at what the Bible says right there in your notes. It says in Luke 2, 39, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town in Nazareth. Now, here's where this verse just grips me. Here's where the Holy Spirit just grips me with this verse. Did you see what it says in verse 39? It says that Joseph and Mary did everything that the Lord commanded you know what my prayer is for you? My prayer is for every man here who's a father that your par- or that your kids could say, my father did everything the Lord commanded him. My prayer is for every man here, every man that you would step into the role of spiritual leader and not that your kids could say you made them wealthy or you made them educated, but that your kids could say about their own father, man, he did everything. You know what, I pray that Kelly and I, before I die, I pray that I would accomplish a lot of great things. I pray that God would use my life to bring many people in the kingdom. I pray that God would use our marriage to heal many people's marriages. But above everything, I pray that my wife, and if God gives us kids, they could say about their bald father, he did everything that God wanted him to do. And if you're here tonight and you're not doing what God wants you to do, why don't you change it tonight? Let's look at the next one here. So, so we're looking at the part that Joseph played. He was the father of Jesus. This blows my mind. He's the primary role model, male role model of Jesus. Let's look at number three. Woo, this is this, I'm going to get in your seat on this one. Everybody ready for me to jump in that seat? It's going to get tight, but here we go. Joseph provided for his family. Now, what do we normally think about when we say it's the man's responsibility to provide for their family? What topic do we think about? Money, thank you. Give him a cookie, thank you, brother. That's what we think about. Well, it's the man's job to provide. You know what? I I think we're putting God in a box. You know, Kelly's dad, how many of you believe that we're supposed to honor our fathers and mothers? It's a lifetime command. Do I have an amen? Just when you get 18, does that command get void? So God's word says, honor your mother and father, lifetime command, do I have an amen? Okay, Kelly's dad came up to us. This is the honest truth. We were sitting down, Kelly's dad's a man of God, very incredible man, captain in the military, lawyer, business owner, and he goes up to Kelly and he says, Kelly, you need to get a second job so Barry can have a higher standard of living. (laughs) I mean, if the Lord would speak to her about that. So many times we think about provision and we think money, but let's look at what the word says. Let's, let's, let's turn with me, just look right there in your notes. It's in Luke two forty one. And by the way, you might be saying, Barry, why are you going all over the gospels? Because each gospel has an account. We wanna get as much information on this story. So let's look at Luke two forty one. It says every year, now get this, every year. Do you see how Joseph is consistent? Remember the verse I just quoted, how it said he did everything to the Lord? Look at the notes there. It says, every year, Joseph was like clockwork in serving God. Isn't that how you want to be? We're just automatic. It says, every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. What's that mean? His parents were obeying the law of God. They were obeying the old covenant. They were going there for the feast of the Passover. And do you know what Joseph provided for his son Jesus? Spiritual engine power. Joseph provided for his son a a, a mirror literally of God. And and for those of you that are parents, I, I can't speak on that subject, but I do know this. God calls us to mirror image him to everyone we see. God calls us so that people could look at us and if they don't know what God's like, they could look at us and say, that must be what God is like. And Joseph provided for his family. I want you to get this, men. He provided spiritual example. Men, Joseph provided for his family by showing Mary and Jesus what it means to be faithful to God. Being faithful to God is not dropping our kids off at church and believing Pastor Mary to raise them godly. Being faithful to God is where we serve God privately when nobody sees. Can I tell you what I hate? I hate it, Darren, when people ask me what I do and I gotta tell them I'm a pastor. Now, do I, is there anything I could do other than pastor? No way. If I became the governor of the state of Missouri, it would be a step down. But whenever you tell, if any of you ever become pastors, whenever you tell them you're a pastor, you know what happens? They start getting weird on you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, once you tell them, oh, I'm a pastor, whoop. I mean, it just, everything changes. And, and I think people must think I'm stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, I know how you live. I mean, you can just change it right now. But I, I mean, I was born at night, but not last night. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know where you're at. But, but what Joseph did is, his life so let me give you a second main point so we've looked at what part did joseph play in christmas i want to look at number two now now this is where we're going to get super practical i'm going to give you four things that you can just put in your tool set tonight walk out those doors and if you put them in your life and implement them tonight your life will start getting better tomorrow let's look at them what attributes did joseph exhibit that we should exhibit okay Let's look at verse 18 here from Matthew 1. It says, Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, and what that means is before they had sex, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, he was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. So he had in mind to divorce her quietly. First of all, Joseph wanted to honor his wife. Okay, so remember last week we talked about Mary. So if you're here and you weren't here last week, guys, I'm not ganging up on the guys. Last week we talked about Mary, tonight we're talking about Joseph. If you wanna know how to honor your wife, here's what you do. Look at verse 18, honor the Lord. Do you know if you honor God, all you can do is honor your wife. The more I honor God, the more I honor Kelly. And Joseph, he was so concerned about guarding her public reputation. He did not impregnate her. It was the Holy Spirit. Jesus was born of the virgin. He didn't want to disgrace her. But I just wanna encourage you, whether you're a male or a female, there's power when we honor God. Okay, so let me just give you, how many of you want more power in your life? Okay, here's the whole key. Let me just give you the nugget. The more you honor God in the small things, the more power you get in, in publicly. Did you get that? The more, the more you honor him privately, the more power you get publicly. And I mean power to live for him, power to speak for him, power to make wise financial decisions, power not to give in to fear, power not to give in to depression, power not to give into to worry, but but it, it all starts privately. Let's look at the second point here. So so Joseph honored his wife. Let me just say right now, man, we can't honor our wives too much. Ooh. <laughs> Pastor, we might have to set up some counseling sessions. That didn't get not I I am not backed up by encouragement there. I mean, I felt like I was asking people to tithe, they got so quiet. I mean, it's like Woo! Okay. Thank you, brother. Woo! (laughs) Number two. Let's look at verse 25. It says, but Joseph had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name of Jesus. Oh, oh, I hate, this one I love it, but I hate it. Number two, what's the second characteristic Joseph exhibited? He had control of his flesh. Oh, He had control of his flesh. Not only does that mean no sex until you're married or it's sin, right here. Not only does it mean no sex outside of marriage does God authorize or condone, but let me tell you, your flesh doesn't just mean sex. It means when you're driving on the road and somebody cusses you or somebody cuts you off, you don't cuss them out. It means when you're at work and somebody does you wrong and knifes you in the back. It means you bless them and love them and forgive them even before they ask for forgiveness. It means that when somebody does something to you that causes you pain, you turn the other cheek. It means that you're quick to forgive. It means that you're self-controlled. It means, oh, don't anybody say amen? Well, you should say amen, but it's kind of like an oh me because it convicts me. It means that we take control of this little muscle right inside our teeth. To control our flesh means that all the desires that we naturally have apart from Jesus, we say no. And we say John 3.30. Oh, if you don't have this verse memorized, you need to have it. John 3.30, you must become greater and I must become less. That's what controlling your flesh means. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. Oh, do you know the people that you and I respect the most? Some of them are Baptists, some are Methodists, some are non-denominational, some are assembly of God. I've noticed one thing. Just get this. The men and women we respect the most are the people that have the most control over their flesh. When I look at being a faithful man of God in the context of marriage, you cannot find a greater example than Bill Newby but he's got control of his flesh. Every great man and woman of God that I've respected, the Lord, Holy Spirit just kind of dropped this on me. They had control of their flesh. Have you ever just, have you ever had trouble just not saying something that, you know, it, it slipped out and you, you wish you would have had control of it? Okay, I think I've told this story before, but very sadly, my last day here would be December 26th. Be a Sunday morning, I'll be preaching that morning. So I just, in case you haven't heard this story, I can't think of any better illustration. When I was a youth pastor at Tiffany, the, the God had just moved and this just youth ministry was just exploding. I mean, we had, not only did we have a good core of Christian kids, we had a ton of kids come out of that youth ministry that are pastors in huge churches all over the nation, but we had the most hell-raising kids that came to our youth ministry. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we had kids, they had never stepped foot in a church. They started coming to our youth ministry. And uh, I mean it was crazy. Well, well, I would try to get those kids and we'd try to preach the word, bring them in the kingdom, get them involved, and I had one of them playing drums for me. This kid could flat out play drums. In- Anybody remember this story? Okay, good. So anyway, this kid could just flat out play. And 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 all the kids, they wanted to be in the band, because you know, we had hundreds of kids there, and it was just kind of cool to be up in front of your peers. And and so what happened is I found out that this kid was doing some serious public stuff wrong. Now, I didn't discipline him just to discipline him. I I pulled him aside and I said his name. We'll just call him Jim. I said, Jim, you can't publicly represent the youth ministry, the church, and most importantly, Jesus Christ, and then publicly go live like hell at your high school. How many know Jesus changes lives? So I said, I didn't kick him out of the youth minister, I just said, we want you to still keep coming, but until you get this public situation under the Lord, I can't let you publicly play drums. And you know what he did, Tracy? He said, I totally understand, Pastor Barry. And the next day, I was sitting in my office, I was working, Christina, just loving the Lord, get, you know, just doing the youth pastor business, connecting with kids, and getting ready, for, and, and all of a sudden, His grandma comes in. And this grandma, you know, I'm telling you something right now. When she wanted to be, she could be so sweet. She came in that, she called me everything but a white man. How dare you not let my grandson play drums? We go to church, we tithe. How dare you not let him? And I I mean, it, it was so bad. My senior pastor just slipped into my office and had a seat. I don't know if he was watching to see if I said something wrong or he just wanted to be amused. But, but anyway, so so my pastor, he just came in there. Well, after I let all her steam run out, I, I turned my computer to her and I showed her the email that her grandson sent me that said, Barry, you're right. I shouldn't be doing these things. And you know, that kind of shut her down and uh, she left. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ. So she left. <laughs> so... So, so I thought that was okay, and my pastor said, Barry, you did a good job handling that. Well, the next day, I'm working. And I'm just loving the Lord. I'm just, just working in my office, computer. And, 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 and the day before, I wanted to tell her how the cow ate the cabbage. I wanted to set the record straight. But for one of the very few times in my life, I had total control of my flesh. Not inside, but outwardly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so... So the next day I'm working in my computer and all of a sudden, she came back into my office. No appointment. I got out of my seat and I said, go back to hell, you devil demon. No, I didn't say that, but I wanted to. I wanted to say that. I got out of my chair and I went up and hugged her and and she said, Barry, I forgot to give you two things. I'm like, oh God, it's a 9-11 bomb right here in the church. <laughs> Don't kill the church, just put it in my car and blow me up. So she goes, she gives these two envelopes. What was that thing, that disease that used to be running around those envelopes? What was it? Anthrax. Oh, you spoke at one time, I couldn't hear it. Anthrax. anthrax okay, I thought, this is anthrax. So she just turns around and leaves. I open up one and she goes, Barry, I forgot to recognize your birthday. I love you. Here's a $50 check. I opened up the next envelope. It was a $1,000 gift to our youth ministry. And as soon as I got that, the Holy Spirit said, you only got that because you had control of your flesh. If you would have fought, if you would have been the person to just just say, set the record straight and and, and just get all in a tizzy, you never would have got that. But when you put the Lord first, and when you let God fight your battles, and when you control your flesh, and when you bow your knee to Jesus, and you say, Lord, in this horrible circumstance, I'm still gonna honor you, you know what happened? Then the Holy Spirit moved on my behalf. And so if you're here tonight, and you're in a tough place in your life, the answer isn't for you to set the record straight, or for you to fight your battle. The answer is, Lord, you must become greater, and I must become less. Somebody finish this verse. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps his mouth shut. shut. Let's look at the next one here. So what attributes did Joseph exhibit that we should? Joseph, look at verse 20. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Joseph committed to God, although he couldn't understand how or what God was doing. Have you ever noticed that? Look at that, one more time, verse 20. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Joseph was committed to God even though he couldn't understand how or what God was doing. And friends, I just want to encourage you, that's how we need to be. We need to commit ourselves to God even when he asks us to do things we can't understand. Lord, I'm going to do it anyway. You said it, that's all I need to hear. We need to be at a place where if God says, man, I want you to do something, son or daughter, and we don't understand what he's saying, we can't comprehend how it could be right. Where we just say, God, if you say it, I'm going to do it. And that's what Joseph did. He was committed. I just want to encourage you, friends. If you have to understand what God's telling you to do before you'll do it, you'll never do anything. Did you hear that? If you've got to understand what God is doing before you actually get out and do it, you'll never do anything. And let me give you the next one here. Look at verse 24. It says, Joseph did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. Joseph feared God. And I think so many times in our church, not Crown Point, but the church across America, that we don't fear God like we should. Do you know the scariest person in the world when I was growing up? It wasn't Mikhail Gorbachev. It wasn't Muammar Gaddafi. It was Thomas Richard Young, my dad. I'm telling you. And as a kid, if I did something wrong, he would apply the board of education to the seat of knowledge. I mean, I'm telling you, that brother there, he was quick. You know, what he would do Freddie. He would pull off his belt and he would spank me with the belt. And and just whenever, he, and you know what, it started scaring scare me. He just raised up his shirt. I mean, I just thought at it, just started scaring me, just looking at the, just look at the belt. Okay. But I also knew nobody loved me like my dad. We didn't grow up rich, but in my house we grew up rich in love because I knew I had his unconditional love and support. Friends, I want to tell you something. We need to fear God. Now I'm not talking about like a dictator, but we need to reverently fear him. As angry as my dad got at me sometimes, I knew my life was not in jeopardy. (laughs) But we need to reverently fear him. You know, I pray that for your kids. Listen, can I just step into parents' worlds one more time here? Your kids don't need you to be their friend. They need a mom or a dad. They can make friends in the youth ministry. They can make friends in the church. Kids in America need moms and dads. I'm preaching better than you're amening, but don't worry about it. And friends, I want you to know something. I knew that, God, that my dad loved me, but I reverently feared him. And I pray that your kids reverently fear you. Because I'm gonna tell you something. Either you control the kids or the kids control you. Don't you wish I was preaching to your kids tonight? <laughs> we need to fear God reverently. Okay, so let me give you the last point here as we close. Last one here tonight. Okay, three things I want you to take home. First of all, what can we learn from Joseph's life? Three things that we can really, really learn. First of all, Joseph put a premium on making sure what he did privately honored God. Did you catch that? He put a premium on what he did privately honor God. If you're taking notes so much, of right, Proverbs 22, one down. And it says a good name is worth more than silver or gold. A good name is worth more than silver or gold if your name is respected. The Bible says it's worth more than silver or gold. You know why? Because so few people have a good name. You, you know why? Because... People are brought into the kingdom. Are you ready for this? Off reputation. Do you know who the most successful people are at inviting their friends to come to this church and who they come through those doors? You ready for this? The most successful people that bring people to our church. They're not the funniest. They're not the most intelligent. They're the people that walk the straightest and closest to God. There are certain men That if they say something to me, if Dan Phillips comes to me, Jerry Pounton, and they say, Barry, I feel like the Lord's spoken to me about this. Guess what? I'm going to really take it to heart because those men's private lives match what they're fixing to tell me. Do you know the best way to get people to church? Just live the most godly life. That's it. Okay, number two. As we're close, what to leave with? Joseph, ooh, ooh, this one convicts me as the worship team comes to play real softly. Joseph did not give in to the pressures of his flesh. You know what? Every man of God and every woman of God has pressures of our flesh. Do I have an amen? Amen. We all got pressures. Pressures to think what we shouldn't think. Pressures to say what we shouldn't say. Pressures to do what we shouldn't do. Pressures to be where we shouldn't be. But Joseph found a way not to give in to those. And and can I tell you, one of the ways he did is Colossians 3, 2, which says, we set our hearts and minds on things above, not on things of the earth. Joseph did not give in to the pressures of his flesh. Okay, so when want everybody everybody raise your finger up. I want you to put on your nose. That's where your business stops, right there. Your business doesn't go any further than here. So that means if somebody in the church is struggling, guess where your business stops, right here. You see somebody doing something, you don't go tell other people, your business stops right here. Don't shout me down, I'm preaching good. We let God take care of other people's business and we try, team with God to take care of our business. Joseph didn't allow, let me give you the last one, someone else's opinion to control him. Now, now did you get that? H- how many of you know that everybody's got an opinion on something? There are people that when you find out, they go, you go to church, oh man, that's a great thing. But there are people, once they find out you go to church, they think you're a holy roller. They think you're a snake handler. They think you're crazy. You're a religious fanatic. But one thing Joseph didn't do, and I want you to get this as we close. He didn't allow people's opinion to control him. Anybody know Eleanor Roosevelt? Eleanor Roosevelt was the wife of President Roosevelt during World War II. And here's what Eleanor Roosevelt said. Man, this is good. You might want to write this down, at least remember it. She said this, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Well, listen to that one more time. If Eleanor Roosevelt was alive, I'd say that's good preaching, sister. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And Joseph, he didn't allow people's opinions to control him. I can only imagine what people were saying about him. Can't you? He's got a pregnant wife. And he's telling people, we didn't have sex. But he wasn't worried about people's opinions. Here's who, there was only per, one person's opinion Joseph was worried about. God's. And as we close tonight, I want you to know that I love you. I want you to know that I love you. But there are all of us here things in our flesh that we've got to put down. You know what makes the flesh so hard to deal with is you can't see it. If somebody's got an addiction to drugs, you can clearly see that. Somebody's got an addiction to alcohol, you can clearly see that. But when somebody's struggling with their flesh, can't see it. That's why a lot of times you see marriages break up you never thought would break up. That's why a lot of times you see people get involved in things you never thought they'd get involved with because the flesh is the inside. And tonight, many, many, many of you, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you as I've spoken to you about things in your flesh. God's saying, let's put that down. Some of you, you, you got a negative attitude all the time. And God says, let's put that down. Some of you, you struggle to put faith in God. You always, you always have a, 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 a doubting attitude. God says, let's put that down. Some of you, and, and we can all slip into these shoes, including myself, you, you tend to give in to gossip. God said, let's put that down. Some of you guys, it's lust of the mind. And God says, let's put it down. It can be anything, greed, you name it. And so now as we close, Here's what the miracle of Christmas is concerning Joseph. God used a man just like you and me. God used him. Why? What's the Bible say that we read tonight? He was righteous. He put down his flesh. He obeyed God. He stepped out in faith. Judas, bow your hearts with me in prayer tonight, not even 8 o'clock. every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here tonight. You're here tonight and you'd say, Barry, I'm saved. You know, if I die, i go to heaven. But there's an area inside my heart that the Holy Spirit's saying, you gotta take care of this. There's an area in my life that God's saying, you gotta remove this. You know what God does when he says those things to us? It's a love note. Because if we take thing, care of those things quick, guess what? They never grow big. They never do. But it's when we don't take care of the small things, then they grow. Every big tree started with a little seed. And so you're here tonight, you say, Barry, the Holy Spirit's spoken to me, I'm saved, but he's spoken to me about something in my flesh, in my life, I just need to put it down. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now, Barry, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Secondly, you're here tonight, and you're confused. Oh, that's the trick of the devil. And he tries to do it to every Christian. You're confused about a business matter, or you're confused about a family matter, or you're confused about a money matter, or you're confused about a job matter, or you're confused about a spiritual matter. It doesn't matter. Confusion is confusion. And you'd say, Barry, I need the wisdom of God, just like Joseph, when we talked about it tonight, just like when Joseph couldn't understand what God was doing, what God was saying, what God intended, Joseph still believed God. You'd say, Barry, there's an area in my life I just need the wisdom of God. Would you just raise your hand right now? I just wanna follow him no matter what, even if I can't understand it, many, many, many hands. And lastly, tonight, I will never, ever preach without doing this. You're here, I I tell you what, the greatest Christmas present is a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what, everything you get this year for Christmas, 25 years from now, it's gonna be gone. 50 years from now, it's gonna be gone. But if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, why don't you receive that present of eternal life? If you're here tonight and you don't know that you know that you know if you died, if you'd go to heaven, why don't you just receive the greatest present, the greatest Christmas present that could ever be given, Jesus Christ. If you're here and you don't know Jesus and you died, I guarantee you will be completely separated from God forever. But if you receive Jesus, you don't got to join this church. You don't got to give a dime of money to this church. But if you receive the love of Jesus Christ, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you'll become part of the family of God tonight. And if you died, you'd go straight to heaven. You say, Barry, that's me. I want to receive the Christmas present of Jesus Christ. If that's you, you're not sure if you died, if you go to heaven, I want you to raise your hand right now and I want to pray for you. You can walk right in the kingdom of God. I'm not going to embarrass you not going to call you the front, but I want to pray for you. If, you. if that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? Say, Barry, that's me. Would you pray for me? I want to make sure that if I die tonight, I would know that I know that I know that I'd go to heaven. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? Say, Barry, that's me. Anyone tonight? I won't belabor this, but I love you so much, I'll wait just a few minutes or seconds more. Anyone tonight? like everyone to just agree with me in prayer lord just take our lives and use them lord thank you for your son jesus